Yeah, I mean, Juve are not going to be as bad as they were this year. Having said all of that, they're only seven points off the top. If you if you want to make, I mean, like we have, like like we always will do, because he's just a funny character and his style of football is even funnier. Max Allegri plays terrorist ball. Absolute terrorist ball. Even Juve fans this week were like, oh my God, this is so boring. And then at the end, they were like, oh shit, we won 1-0. That's just, like that, it can't be a lucky Allegri game every every game for the season. <laughs> they will get, like, they will get better next year. This, this is him as well without having three or four of his midfielders. We're now realizing Vlahovic really is that guy. Like, okay, Vlahovic is not just all right or mid-average. He is probably going to be the best striker in the league for years to come. So they're, they're only going to get better. Inter Milan probably have the money to, well, they definitely have the money to recuperate more than Milan. They've, they yeah. signed Robin Gosens um, and Philippe Kakedo, for instance, in the in the market. Milan um, need additions. Badly. Uh, mainly, like the right wing, I would say, is vital for Milan to, to upgrade on. Uh, they really need, like, a Rafa Leao type of quality uh, on the on the right side as well because now much much of the attacks go through Leao and if if the opponent isolate him Milan don't have that much to come come up with uh, so right wing for sure Kessi uh, will most likely leave so a replacement is needed there. Uh, there's already yeah, talks yeah, that yeah. Uh, Renato Sanchez is like a done deal for the summer. Oh, that'd be a good one, Nat. That'd be a good one, Max. That would be a very good signing, 100%. Um, it would be more mobility for the midfield and like someone who is um, more of a engine perhaps than Kessie who's now taking a role of being more like a cleaner um, so yeah that would be a very good signing but as as you hear Milan are in, in quite desperate need of some signings for the summer yeah um, I mean whilst we're on the topic we may as well fit in with the with the with some of the news that we have I mean we're not bringing you any breaking news or anything please don't DM me on Twitter telling me how much you hate me um, Sven Botman is looking more and more likely. He is. Um, Gazeta dello Sport uh, reported this morning that Botman himself has an agreement with Milan. And what's missing now is an agreement between Milan and, and Lille. Um, and that shouldn't be uh, impossible to solve in the summer, I think. Uh, so, or as we see, Milan are pretty much already working on it if they've already got an an agreement with um, Botsman himself. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that one happening. Um, The question, though, is does this mean that Romagnoli is leaving? I I think it's a big possibility of it. I don't think that should be the case. I don't think that should be the case. You need... You need... I think you need uh, depth... In, in every position. But I think, yeah, Romagnoli probably will leave. But I would like to see him stay because then you would have Tomori, Romagnoli, Kalulu, Kaya and Botman as, as five central defenders. Yeah, I, I am with you. I, w- I would 
love to see uh, Romagnoli stay. Because um, we, are, I mean, we all know Milan is is still injury central as a team. Like they, if they are to have as many injuries as they have for the last two years, surely you need all the resources that they that they can have. Uh, Ibra hasn't hasn't played a game for for four or five games as well. He his his wage bill is is through the roof. He's he's perhaps not offering as much in in terms of playing time and as a leader as as maybe he should so should milan on the on the the tight budget that they have to run under maybe think about getting him away and saying bye bye thank you for your services and getting somebody else in whose whose salary that they could pay well uh the, there's been a lot of talk uh, this week about about Ibrahimovic and he's he has an expiring contract uh, which ends in the summer but Milan have been very firm on their stance that they can only pay him two and a half million euros uh, and Ibrahimovic himself has been very clear that I'm not in this for the money uh, so he I, I think he's on like seven or eight million euros per season now uh, so that's a huge uh, reduction from the from the wage bill if 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 Slatan resigns for two and a half million euros uh, I, I do think that it's worth the money because even though he might not play as many games as he did a season or two seasons ago he's very 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 important for the for the dressing room uh, to have that like mentality and and like fire put some fire in, in the other players. Uh, so I would say it's worth it because most likely he won't be first choice striker either. Um, but we have to wait and see uh, what's happening there. Yeah. I mean, hope. I mean, in, in your case, hopefully you can prize away two of Lille's best players and, and two of Lille's prized possessions. If we move on to the crosstown rivals of Milan and Inter, again, no, no capitalization on three points, drawing away to Genoa. Genoa, who are the draw specialists, it's their fourteenth draw this season. It's their fifth draw in a year in 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 a row. <laughs> yeah, they only have one win this season. Gen- Genoa literally hanging in there by a knife and a knife thread. Is that even a term? A knife thread? That's not, is it? Hanging in, hanging in there by a thread. What is a knife? Thread? I I don't I don't know. I'll try to find one for you after <laughs> after this. Fake news um, media. Seventy three percent possession, twenty one shots, uh, four shots on target. Um, but Inter, I think, and Inzaghi said it this week. They mentally just look shot. Mentally, they they they've gone from a bona fide. We're gonna to ramp to the title, people. To just just players who don't look lost; they just look exhausted mentally. I agree, and I would say, especially four players I can come up with: that's De Frey, Brozovic, Lautaro, Martinez. Yeah, and, and I, I would I would say Jeko more than Barella. Yeah, no, sorry, Jeko. 
It's just I think Borelic is still going. He just has lost that not panache and ability, but just that swagger from that he had in the first half of the season. Where I personally think Nico Borella is one of the best midfielders in the world, bar none, like bar none, even not in Syria. But when the machine breaks down, key cogs of it break down as well. Exactly. The the link of play and the sort of really extravagantly well-played, patient build-up and, and good football that we saw early in the season is gone. It's not because it's now rushed and harried. It's just because it isn't working as as well in sync as it was in the first half of the season. Um, even even Genoa realised, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to press you high. And that's exactly what they did. And Inter never looked like scoring in the first half, I don't think. I agree with you. And, and Genoa, Genoa had a good chunk of chances this game and could have scored. Uh, Inter were, were quite lucky sometimes that they didn't. Um, and, and as you say, uh, the build-up doesn't look great anymore. And when Inter come to chances, both both uh, Lautaro and Jekyll looks off. Uh, the partnership is, isn't working as well as it did before. Uh, both players individually doesn't look as great anymore. Uh, of course, it, it's just form. We know that they are two very good strikers, but it's a collective problem. And when, when they don't have that individual, I would say, brilliance to bail them out, it becomes a very big problem. I know that Lotaro Martinez is out of form, but and he gets himself into very, very good positions. But whenever he does get himself in these good positions, I just think if someone faster was in those positions, you would get to have a goal score an opportunity. There's so many times where he gets himself into a good spot because, but, but just because he doesn't have the legs anymore, he can't drive on and shoot. I think try Martinez and Sanchez up front. He went with Zekon Sanchez, which I thought was bold. But even try, because I know Correa's back now, so try Correa and Sanchez. Make use of the depth that you have. Yeah, and Korea is back now, and he probably has the freshest legs right now in in Inter squad. Um, try to use that. Having said all of that, like I thought Inter looked more dangerous when the subs came on, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I, I agree with you. Which is weird because that's not you know I mean that's not their first best lineup, but Vicina came on, Vidal came on, Di Marco came on, Casero came on, and that's when I thought, okay, actually these guys are providing something different, and now they're starting to push. So it's a case of the, their best players are out of form, the ones who are sort of out in the lurch have come on and they look a bit more dangerous, but they were chasing the game at that stage, and Genoa like sort of up against it take, in the end, a valuable point. I know they're eight points adrift and just can't buy a win because they've had one all season. Um, but it still sort of keeps them... like They're still hanging on, like I said, by their fingernails. Yeah, and you know, next next game now they have Salernitana, which is vital for them to win. Uh, That's a big game at the bottom. Yeah. No, no, man, they have, they have Empoli. Yeah, but not right now. No, on Sunday they have Empoli. Oh shit! No, sorry, you're talking about Inter. My bad. Yeah, yeah. So Inter, they have Salernitana. Uh, have to win that game, and then there's Liverpool away, Torino away, uh, 
and Fiorentina at home, and then Juventus away. So it's a tough schedule for them coming up. And having this, like, looking this tired already, that doesn't bode well for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Salernitana, if if they're lucky, could be a good game for them. Because, But having said that, like, that's not the easiest team to play. Ain't nobody's easy to play um, at this stage of the season. But that that should be that could be a game where they find their rhythm and groove again. Um, it could, but David Nicola has also the Houdini, the Houdini of Serie A. Made yeah, yeah, he's made quite a change uh, coming in. Yes, yes, he has. I think we're just at that stage, Max, in the season where every game is going to be even tougher. Like exactly, every team knows what they have to do to reach their objectives at the end of the season, and they're going to fight hard for it regardless. Um, so things are looking very, very tasty at the top. Now let's move on to the weekly segment that you introduced last week. You want to introduce your guide? Go on. All right, so we're moving over to the goat of the week and the asshole of the week. Da, 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 da. We, we need to get a like theme song for that segment. I know, I know. It, instead of me, uh, do, do, you don't watch cricket, do you? I certainly do not. They had these cool like pipes whenever they wanted the crowd to like jeer up, and it went like da 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 da. da. <laughs> so let's let's find that. But anyway, me rambling aside, who is the asshole of the week? So we decided that. The asshole of the week this week is Roma talent Felix Afenagian. And why do you ask? Well, Afenagian uh, went out partying. Damn it! Damn it! Uh, right ahead of 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 Roma's game, and Jose Mourinho found out, and now he's been banned from the from the first team for. It doesn't say for how long, but since Tuesday he's been training with the reserves, and 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 we know that you don't want to piss off Jose Mourinho. Did do you think he? Um, do you think that he that he got punished because he was out in a nightclub, or because he was just out late and and mixing with other other crowds? Other, because Roma said that they don't want their players obviously to mix with bigger crowds because of COVID, this, that, the other. A bit of both, I think. Um, hmm. I mean, you can't. It never bodes well for for players to be in a nightclub. Let's let's face it. Unfortunately, like I, I personally think that players should allow, should be allowed to let their hair down when they can. Um, and the old generation, I don't like in the Premier League, for instance, Roy Keane, Graham Souness, and these people. Um, they they speak weekly about oh you know we used to go out the night before games and we used to all get drunk but with social media and stuff like that players are just chastised with that um, but obviously he's a young kid in a club Hope, hopefully he he doesn't like spurn his talent and everything like that it, it's it's quite sad that it's him in particular because I I've been really impressed with him this season when he's like got the chance to play I think he's done done well. Yeah, with all of of uh, with all of the of the young players at at, uh, at Roma. But, yeah, uh, we're sorry, Afana. We're giving you our soul of the week. So hold that L. Hold that L uh, and keep on grinding, Felix. Yeah, man, we're we're rooting for you. 
Where well, not maybe see in a club sometime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and who have we given goat of the week, my friend? We've given goat of the week to the one, the only Cholito Simeone. Ah, oh, Cholito, Cholito, Cholito. Yeah, so the son of Diego Simeone, uh, Giovanni, he came up big in the Veneto derby this, this weekend and scored a hat-trick against Venezia. And, I mean, it's not just that. He's now up on 15 goals in 25 appearances this season. Uh, he is, um, what is he, fifth or joint sixth? No, sorry, my bad. He's he's third. He's third. It's it's Antonin Barak who is uh, joint sixth for, for the goals. Yeah, so massive game for for Cholito and and he continues to impress. And I I will take personal pride in this because if you look up my Twitter account, I was banging my drum about Cholito in in twenty nineteen already. Um, I love this player. Uh, He's, I think he's found the right team, but also yeah. he's playing in, and I don't, I don't care how many times we say it on this podcast, I'll say it again. That front three for Verona is a joy to watch. Antonin Barak, Gio Simeone, and who? Gianluca Caprari. Hey, they're, they're a joy to watch at the moment, but that is only the. They are. You know, that's only the fourth time they've actually played together this year. That's insane. That's only the fourth time they've actually played together this year, and they they wreaked havoc. Uh, Caprari, Barak, and Simeone. If anybody out there has t- a chance to watch Verona, do it. Uh, please watch them. I think that people completely forget where they were before Igor Tudor came in. I mean, they do you remember they man they were they were they were going to fight relegation. Like they were seventeenth, eighteenth down there fighting at the bottom, and um, they're playing good football right now. But they're they're playing. I mean, they they were promising under Ivan Juric, uh, but I mean they kind of yeah. lost out on the end. And you didn't think that uh, I I would mean to say you did think that man, this is this is where it goes downhill for them. But then Igor Tudor came and has done fantastic work. Yeah, I mean, Osibio de Francesco, we mourn you, my friend. But that I do not, you know. For, oh, firing! Firing him was the uh, was the correct decision. Um, moving on to a bit more further news this week. Uh, covering this is a bit. Andrea Agnelli is trying to revive the Super League again. Boo, boo! Yeah, I mean that guy. Like I'm just everyone's just fed up with the guy. The the, the one thing that I in in a piece for for breakingthelines.com, which which you can read. If you just type in my name, in a piece where I, I think everybody slammed the Super League when football got together as consensus and just said, this is wrong and we don't want this. The thing that I pointed out was Andrea Agnelli has, or was the chairman of Juve when they were in Serie B as well, right? So he knows backlash of fans. He knows the club inside out, but he also knows like how football affects people outside the team right you have to as a, as a as a chairman especially when you when you go down to city b and you start probably seeing how the league works and everything so out of all the people who were to control the super league and lead it 
surely wouldn't he be the most knowledgeable out of all of those other guys who would just think, okay, I know this is a good idea because we want more money. Um, the UEFA president, Alexander Seferin, has already condemned it. They're, they're trying to get on with it to, to basically create another revenue stream. Andrea, man, just stop. Put a hole in it. There's nothing, like, it's so unplanned as well. Even this new one, this new relaunch, they said that there's going to be teams that get relegated and, and teams that, that do win, but there's still nothing concrete about it. It's just so unplanned. It is, and it feels like mainly Florentino Perez and uh, and Andrea Agnelli, who are like the main uh, leaders of, of this movement, uh, <laughs> personally, I'm like the... the how do I... The English word, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um, hate, resentment, contempt. No, uh, perception. Sorry, I. Oh, what the hell was I going on about? <laughs> I I personally have the perception that Barcelona they're just like following. Yeah. Like yeah yeah you do your thing and yeah, we're we're staying here in the back. I mean I mean the English clubs don't want the English clubs don't want anything to do with it because they don't want protests. I mean, the Chelsea fans, remember, that was the first game where they protested outside the stadium. And then obviously Man United fans, big up my club, <laughs> um, protested and managed to get into Old Trafford so much so that they, they called off Liverpool Man U. So, like... I I mean, was that really a protest? Hey, that was a protest. What What do you mean, was that a protest? <laughs> that, that, that was more like a battle zone. Yeah, man. Some of that Bane action. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I respect it though. I, I just wanted that to be said. I respect that that uh, demonstration. We call it that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any weight in this, and that that that's all I'm gonna spend time saying on it because uh, I'm just I'm just so done with that, and I think the football world is just gonna roll its eyes and and, and carry on. Um, Massive, massive win for Cagliari this week against Torino at the bottom. It plunges Venezia down into the bottom three after losing to Verona. Cagliari now five unbeaten. It's the Mazzari effect. And the Mazzari. Uh, it's the, it's the Mazzari Bond villain effect. He he looked furious on the touchline when they didn't score three this week. Um, <laughs> Mazzari always looks... Does he ever look happy? Mad. I mean, I think no. Like, who's a manager that looks happy though? I was thinking about this the other day. There's no one in Serie A who looks happy on the touchline. One time, Max Allegri, and that is well documented. Oh, <laughs> Allegri! <laughs> yeah, one the one few, the one of uh, of a few occasions Max is is happy in his life, but that's just him being a Bond villain. Um, yeah, Cagliari picked up a, a huge win against at Torino. Um, Bellanova, who I'm a big admirer of got uh, a goal. Diolo scored as well in the 62nd minute. The Rooster, Belotti scored. But this is a big win for Mac, for them, Max. It's a very big win. And we shouldn't take lightly on, on a win against Torino away because they're a tough team to beat this season, especially at home. Uh, so, well up uh, Cagliari. It, it feels as though there's always one team that produces that, like... I don't know how to say it, security mode or like defense mode. Is that good? I can't think of it. Like a good, basically a team that gets into a, a relegation mindset of we are going to grind points out like you ain't ever seen. And it time after time, season after season, it tends to be Cagliari. Yeah. 
it's uh, what is it? Two two seasons in a row of three. They've done this. Yeah, well, where they just about survive, and and they're doing it without Jao Pedro scoring, which is which is strange. <laughs> it's very strange because he's been their main outlet uh, scoring wise this past two or three years, uh, and now he's not scoring, but they're still grinding out out those wins. So very very strong by by Cagliari. Yeah, Razavan Marin, by the way, who I praised last week, I'll praise him again. He looked sprightly and he looked bright, and I think they've finally found a, a strike partner for Pedro with him. So he's my player to watch. Keep your eyes on him. Um, and then you can come and thank me later when he blows up as it as it would be. Um, but that is all we have time for this week for uh, Area de Rigori, ADR, for BreakingTheLines.com. Please check out all the new articles on there um, by some of the assumed writers that we have. Thank you for, for tuning in. Like, subscribe, comment, whatever you can. On Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. I know you can't comment on Spotify, but give us a like. Shout me and Maxi out. Try and get us a meeting with Gianluca Caprari. I don't know. Whatever you can. Enjoy the... That would be the dream. Yeah, man. We're going to do it. I'm telling you. One day we will. One one day I will post that Instagram picture with you, me, and Gianluca Caprari. And we're going to have a great yeah. time. We're going to have a great time. Maxi, always a pleasure, my friend. You go ahead and uh, enjoy. You got to gotta get off to work soon, man. Yep. Work never stops. Work never sleeps. That's right. We will see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank you.